0: You cannot power through 23 hours a day and be effective. And that is the quote of the day. quote of the day show. I'm your host Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. Happy Tuesday to you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got Mel Robbins back on the show today and Mel is teaching you why it is so vitally important for you to take control of your mornings. You have to crush your mornings. In fact, she teaches you what the highest performing people out there do and don't do with their mornings. Personally, my mornings are sacred. I get up every day at 5 a.m. I meditate for 20 to 25 minutes immediately. I have a cup of tea. When I'm done with that cup of tea, I get in the car. I go to the gym. I shoot hoops. I run intervals. Or I work out. Or all three. Then I get back in the car and I come home and I get in the shower. Then I get in the car and I get on the road by about 635, 640 before the traffic backs up so I can get to the coffee shop on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. This coffee shop, it's at Liberty Station in San Diego. And I just do my best creative writing in that space. So if I get off of my routine or I'm sitting in traffic for an hour trying to get there, because traffic can get pretty bad in San Diego, I get completely off of my creative game. So I have to stick to that routine. So I write my email. I'm typically done by about 8.30 or so. Allows me to be creative. Allows me to express myself. I send off that email. And not until I send off that email do I start looking at my personal or my business email inbox. Because if I look at my email inbox before I do all that stuff, my day gets thrown off. And as she talks about right here, you know, I have my own things to do for the day. I have my own list. But as soon as I open up that email, I become part of somebody else's to-do list. Can you introduce me to this person? Can you write me a testimonial? Do you have a book to recommend? Can you do this? Then my, my day will get all thrown off if I do that too soon. I don't mind helping people and being part of their to-do list. That's great. Whatever I can do to help, but if it gets me off of my game, I can't do it. And so I have to stick to that routine. I have to crush those first two and a half to three hours of the day. If not, my day truly never really gets started. And so I hope you enjoyed today's talk. I hope you implement some of the things that she talks about here in order to take control of your day and be more productive. Here's Mel.
1: So first of all, this is scientifically, based on all this research, so the Harvard Business School published a study where they took a look at several dozen CEOs around the planet that are billionaires and also happen to be happy. And they found something very interesting, that they all had something very interesting in common. And what they had in common was how they structured their day. And the most important thing about being effective at work and feeling in control, which are vital to you doing and achieving what you want, is how you start your day. And almost every single one of these CEOs said that they had a morning ritual where they spent 30 to 90 minutes working at home, developing a plan and setting up what they were going to do before they went to work. And the reason why is you know exactly why. The second you walk in the door at work, your day is hijacked. You're interrupted. It's a place of distraction. In fact, it's probably the place where you get the least amount of work done. But at least that way, they found that when they got to work, they already had gotten out of the way the strategic things that they needed to think about. The other thing that's interesting is you should never have meetings in the morning, ever. You should never do people stuff in the morning. You shouldn't have phone calls in the morning. And here's why. Because in terms of how the brain works, you have about a two and a half hour window after you wake up. So you've got about a half an hour. You wake up, then you've got a half an hour of time where you're kind of getting awake and kind of coming into the day and your brain is almost starting to turn on. And then you've got a two and a half hour window where you can do your best thinking and the highest level of processing. And so what you want to do is you want to reserve the mornings in terms of how you block out your time. And I realize a lot of you are sitting in front of monitors all day and checking out CNBC and looking at alerts and looking at research and everything else. But for crying out loud, the morning time, you should not be in meetings, ever. You need to make sure those are scheduled in the afternoon. You need to make sure people things are scheduled in the afternoon because you will naturally dip also at two instead of having a Diet Coke or a 15th cup of coffee If you're in a meeting, the energy of the other people will actually wake you up. And then the final thing that they said that was really interesting is almost all of them try to have a relaxing evening. Because you cannot power through 23 hours a day and be effective. It's impossible. In fact, if you don't get enough sleep, they've they've tested this out. And if you don't get the amount of sleep that you need, which is between seven and eight hours... Let's say repeatedly in a row you get five hours of sleep in three days, just five hours, three days in a row. Legally, you act in terms of a cognitive fashion as if you're legally drunk. It affects your processing that much. I know you guys are like, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> this is how the average person spends their day. 28% of your time reading and answering freaking email. Do you know 83% of your work years, 80, excuse me, 83 days a year at work, you know what you're doing? Email. It's unbelievable. And most of you spend too much time responding to emails. And the best philosophy for email, and almost nobody follows it, is if it requires more than one or two sentences to respond, flag it and save it for later. Save it for the afternoon where you do the people stuff, okay? So let's talk about your morning routine. What's the first thing that you did this morning? Hit the snooze. It's true. The majority of people hit the snooze alarm. Now, I don't have some big agenda for you to get up early. But I do want you to do something tomorrow. I want you to set your alarm a half an hour earlier. I know you're like, oh, they've got an open bar with free alcohol tonight. (laughs) This chick is out of her mind. I'm not doing it. No, I want you to set your alarm for a half an hour earlier. And the reason why is I want you to do a little neurological test with yourself. You're gonna set the alarm for half an hour earlier. When that alarm goes off, and many of you are staying in a hotel room, and so you're gonna be all cozy, and there's no kids, or pets, or partners, or anybody else in that bed, and you're gonna to wanna to sleep in. What you're gonna do instead is you're gonna throw the sheets off, and you're gonna stand up in that cold hotel room, and you're gonna to walk toward the bathroom. And the whole time you're gonna be like, I hate that freaking woman that was talking yesterday, and why am I doing this, because she's not here. And the reason why I'm asking you to do that is because I want you to understand what scientists call activation energy. Activation energy is the physical force that is required to get you to do something different than what your body's already doing. So it's the same amount of energy that it takes, for example, if you're sitting at the computer and you know you gotta go to the gym, the same amount of energy that's required to force your ass out of bed 30 minutes earlier instead of hitting the snooze is the exact same amount of energy that you're gonna need to force yourself to get up from the computer. To force yourself to put down the croissant if you're on a diet. To force yourself to have the tough conversation that you've been avoiding with your boss. And I want you to come and, t- come and do this experiment because you're going to become face to face with what a complete stubborn jerk you are. And you resist yourself all day long. You do. What's the next thing you did? Let's see, first you hit the snooze. I know I didn't realize it were a big slit, but we're gonna do this anyway. 73% of you sleep within reach of the phone. Or not 73, 83, okay? It's probably even higher at this stage. And if you think about it, if you're in bed, and you got your phone over here, and the alarm goes off, and you're like grabbing for it, and then you get it, and then you do this. So here you are, It's seven o'clock in the morning, You're not even freaking vertical, and you're already checking emails. And by the way, what is an email? Other people's shit. Email is the way that everybody assigns you stuff. It's other people's to-do lists. And so you're not even out of bed yet, and your brain is already processing everybody else's garbage. This is the worst way that you could start your day. And if, those of you, if there are those of you that wake up, and I know there are in this room, and you already feel overwhelmed and you already have anxiety and you already feel like, oh, my God, I'm not going to get everything done, you're right. Because everything that was on this phone, whether it's the sale at Zappos or the update from Team Street on Bleacher Report or something else, is already in your brain. It just went in queue ahead of what you were supposed to do. Remember those CEOs that I was telling you about and how they plan their morning? Their morning ritual does not start with this. Their morning ritual starts with figuring out, what are my priorities for the day? And taking 30 flipping minutes to use some higher processing to get it done. So what you should do is you should take that phone, and I'm going to use it as my alarm clock. No problem. Put it in the bathroom. That way, when it goes off, you have to get up. And by the time you walk to the bathroom, you're up. And they've also done all this research, by the way, that as this thing is on at night, even if you've got it on vibrate, it's going to be interrupting your deep sleep. Even if you've got it on silent, the blue light that comes on has been proven to interfere with the neural pathways that you actually need to be relaxing. It stimulates them and has them go like, oh, okay, I've got to be paying attention to something. And you should never let your kids do it. Here's another interesting little uh, experiment that happened. It's really important. You know how we were talking about that we live in complex environments, and you, in particular, working in financial services, live in very complex environments? And so one of the important things is, is yes, you've got to know, what do I want? And what are the two things? Anyone remember? What do I stand for? What do I want? That was a test. Um, The other thing is you can do certain things to control your environment, okay? To make it easier for you to be effective.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was Mel Robbins. Her website, of course, is melrobbins.com. She's got a book. It's a really good book called The Five Second Rule. I highly recommend you pick it up. And if you're not a physical book person, get the audiobook. The audiobook actually has way more stuff in it. So I highly recommend that as well. You can get the book at your local book retailer as well as at uh, amazon.com. You can get the audiobook at audible.com. That is it for me. Remember, if you want to be a high performer, you have to crush your mornings. I'll see you next time. Peace.